Hi, welcome to the Parshas Miketz edition. We are fortunate enough this year to have an extremely rare and beautiful Haftarah. The Haftarah of Parshas Miketz is usually superseded by the Haftarah of Hanukkah. This year is a rare exception where we actually read the Haftarah of Parshas Miketz. The last time this happened was the year 2000. The Twin Towers were still standing and the president was Bill Clinton. This, according to Samenhagim, this is the, the rarest Haftarah. According to the Minig of most Ashkenazim today, this is the second rarest Haftarah. The rarest Haftarah is Parshas, uh, the Haftarah printed for Parshas Kedoshim. Now, this is a beautiful Haftarah. Let's discuss some of the details of this Haftarah. It discusses Right, immediately following a dream that Shlomo has, where Hashem asks Shlomo, who is the new and uh, who's the new king, following the death of his father David Amelach, Hashem asks him what his desire is, and he says, "My desire is to have chachma, to have wisdom, to be able to judge the Jewish people properly." And Hashem says, "Because you asked for this, and you didn't ask for other things, which other kings perhaps would have asked, you didn't ask for." many days, for long a long uh, period of, uh, of kingship. You didn't ask for great wealth. You didn't ask for your enemies to be destroyed. And therefore, I'm going to give you this. And Hashem was pleased that he asked for this. And there, that leads us to the opening pasuk of this Haftarah, which says, Shleimah awoke, v'hinei chaloim, it was a complete dream. And he came and he made a great mishta, he made a great suda for his for all of his servants. Then it proceeds with a story of two Zainos, two women, that came in front of the king, each claiming that the live child was theirs. This is a somewhat famous incident. They each had a child. One of the ch- children, one of the babies died, and each one claimed that the live baby was theirs. Shlomo, in his wisdom, said, let's split the remaining baby, and... Through the story, he was able to discern which woman was telling the truth. And the Pasuk tells us, Vayishmu kol Yisrael es HaMishpat, this is the second to last Pasuk of the Haftarah that we read, Vayishmu kol Yisrael es HaMishpat, Ashashofat HaMelech, the Jews heard how the king ruled, Vayiru mipnei HaMelech, they had fear of the king, he wrote, they saw ki chachmas elekim bekirboi, lasis mishpat. They saw that he had heavenly wisdom in him that he was able to judge properly. Now, a few very interesting points in this story and in this Haftarah. First of all, this, uh, very interestingly, why do we read this Haftarah, Parshas Miketz? The Mepharshim tell us the reason is because it discusses a dream, very similar to the dream of Parai. Now, if that was the only, if that was the reason, just surface level, that we find a dream. We do find other dreams throughout Tanakh, why specifically this Haftarah. And second of all, we don't really discuss the dream. We really discuss how he woke up and the dream was complete. So perhaps there's a little more that we could dig into this and understand on a deeper level that it's not just a dream. Rather, it was a dream of a king and the way that the king took it. Just like Paroi, 
and he had a dream. It wasn't the actual dream that he had, but rather how Paroi, when he awoke, he realized that a dream of a king is not just something personal on his personal life, as if we can separate the king's personal life from his public life and the fact that he's a public servant. The same thing by Shloimeh. Shloimeh's dream wasn't something that was given to him that he, he should ask for something on a personal level. Rather, he realized that it was something that the king's desire to have something in a public life to help Kal Yisrael in a general way, and he chose the thing that would benefit Kal Yisrael, to benefit the Jewish people the most, and that is where we find the the aspect, it was complete, and it was something that was uh, we can learn from and something to take away from it. Second of all, we find that Shlomo made a suda, of the fact that he had this dream, and, and uh, it was something that Chazal tell us, this is one of the sources where we know to make a siyam. Now, that seems to be strange because a siyam is where we complete something. Here, Shlomo had not completed, rather he had been given tools to be able to now judge Klal Yisrael properly. So I heard a, a wonderful explanation of this, that when one makes a siyam, it's not merely the fact that they've completed a mesechta or an inyan or something that they spent time on. Rather, it's that they now have the tools to be able to learn the rest of Torah with that chilek, with that portion of Torah complete. So for example, someone who learns one mesechta having the background of a second Masechta, which they've completed earlier, makes it a totally different experience, and Torah, we know, is comprehensive, and it builds on it, on itself, and that's why this is something, this is how we know that one makes a siyum the same way Shloyma, who now got the tools to be able to judge Kal Yisrael with great wisdom, made this Suda. Now, in addition... The Psukim tell us many times how Shlomo had Chachma. He was considered the greatest Chachamim, of the greatest Chachamim that ever existed, perhaps the greatest Chacham. And the Pasuk tells us this in many different ways. The Pasuk tells us how different foreign kings, queens, etc. came to discuss Chachma with Shlomo and how they were utterly astounded by Shlomo's wisdom and the Pasuk compares him and says he was greater than many other Chachamim throughout the generations. Yet, this is the only story where his, where his Chachma is actually detailed. What he did in a specific instance and how Klal Yisrael saw this Chachma. What's the reason for that? What is so special about this? And on the surface, we can say that it was something which happened right in the beginning of his King kingdom, right in the beginning where he was establishing himself and where people were still looking at him as the young king and he had to show that he was actually special and that he had special qualities. And as the Pasuk, which we read before, tells us that Kali this and they realized from here that he had he had special divine wisdom in him. But if this was the case, why did it have to be this specific story that Hashem caused to happen at the beginning of his reign? Why can't it be why couldn't it have been something which would be more astounding to us? In fact, in this story, it's not even clear 
what the great wisdom of Shlomo was. The Mepharshim discuss it in various, and they say various answers. Why couldn't it have been something which would have shown us greater Chachma? What, why specifically was it this story? And perhaps we could suggest that this story, the Pesach tells us there were two Zoynais, they were two Haralots, and they weren't exactly on the highest, they weren't exactly the highest ranking members in Klai Yisrael, and could be this is what the Pesach was telling us, that the people realized that Shleimah used his great wisdom to judge even people that were the lowest end of society, and he put the same amount of effort, the same amount of wisdom, and that's uh, a quality that we see starting from the Psukim by Yisrael with Moshe, that we don't, in, uh, in Judaism, we don't look at a court case or any type of case differently, whether it's something that deals with pennies or deals with millions of dollars. And same, so too, we don't, the Pesach tells us we don't look at a pauper in judgment different than we do with a very wealthy person. And that's a lesson that we see here with Shlomo. Another uh, fascinating point from this Haftarah is a Gemara in Makas. The Gemara in Makas, Chav Gimel Beis, says that we know there were three instances where Ruach HaKodesh was entered into a judgment. It came up in a judgment, and one of the cases is by Shleimah, where it says that Shleimah was able to discern which mother actually had the live child. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a riot, that's not a proof, because in that case, it could be that it was something which was based on his own judgment and not because of Ruach HaKadosh. El Gemara says the, the Gemara means that it's something which we have accepted, which we have which has been handed down to us from previous generations. So while it's true that there was Ruach HaKadosh involved, it actually it could have been the Chachma of Shleimah, which, which um, was able to give a clear answer to Shleimah what it was. So the Mashah explains on that Gemara that in the Havamina, in the, in the Gemara's first understanding, it was Ruach HaKadosh, and that was the Chachm of Shleimah. That was the great wisdom that he was able to understand that Ruach HaKadosh to get to that level, and that is the Gemara's um, the Gemara's Dichoy, the Gemara's answer, the Gemara's the Gemara's second attempt, and the Gemara says that that's not necessarily the case. Rather, it was the Chachm, who was his actual wisdom, which he gained and which we would probably say is the Pashtas HaPsukim is more the simple reading of the Psukim. Just a uh, end off with a a nugget of, of uh, interesting wisdom here. The Psukim tell us that when the women were claiming, just to, to read the Pasuk inside, it says, Vatoimer Ha'isho HaCheres, the other woman said, Loi ki hachai uvenei my child's alive one, yours is the dead one, and the other one says, No, your child is dead, and mine is alive. The Eben Ezra has a piyot, has a song which many sing on Shabbos, which is called, The refrain is always using the word choy, using the word life, or live. 
And in this zemer, in this song, which was actually originally a hakdama, it was it was a preface to the tefillah of Nishmas, said Shabbos morning, but today it is recited by many as a zemer, as a song for Friday night. One of the lines there reads, Re'elik veres emes, see the true mistress, Shifcha Nayamas, the Shifcha who says, claims, Loi ki hames, no, your child is dead, Ubniachoyim, mine is alive. So again, paraphrasing, using these words of the woman in the story, the one of the explanations of what the Ebenezer was getting here is that he was saying how, he was hinting, alluding to the fact that in Golos we are constantly oppressed by other religions who claim to be better than us, who claim to have divine indication that their religion is true and their religion is better and and uh, takes precedence over ours and on that we're pushing back and uh, reaffirming to ourselves Hashem re'elik veris emes see the true one who says we see that ours is alive and know what, whether he was referring to Christianity which actually um, worships a dead so to speak God or whether he's just saying that our religion is alive and well and it's not something dead and just that's a um, uh, tremendous lesson. And anyways, this is a beautiful, wonderful Avtara. Enjoy it and have a wonderful Shabbos.